We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How we doing? IB Nation Sports Talk up and rolling. It's mailbag night with Vince D'Addario, Sean Styers. How you doing tonight, Vince? Doing fantastic. Just walked in the door not that long ago. Had enough time to uh, kiss the wife and say hi to the kids. And <laughs> right into mailbag Wednesday, baby. So let's roll. Here we go. Here we go. It's going to be fun. It's here. Get your questions in right now. If you're just logging in, hit the like button. Spread the word that uh, we are here. And uh, we've got a lot of different topics we can get to. And of course, you know, we can also um, answer some basketball questions, yeah. both men's and women's. Don't ask me any hockey questions. I'm just nope. going to tell you up front. I, I, too many other things going on. I'm not going to, I, <laughs> it's not that I don't want we, to. Look, we're not I just stores for hockey news. I'm sorry. That's right. I hate to break it to everybody out there. I know there's a lot of hockey fans in the chat uh, most of the time, but it is just not something that we pay that close of attention to. Yes. Yes. That's what I'll say. That's what it is. That's all that's all I can tell you. There's a lot going on in the winter time though. That's yeah. the thing. We got men's men's and women's basketball. We got everything with the off season with Notre Dame, our bowl game, all of or with the football team, you know, all of that. And then it's me specifically, I have to cover a lot of high school events as well. And so, yeah. Hockey is kind of in the back of the line. Yes. And I'm just not a hockey guy. I, you know, I've said yeah, that hockey is one of those sports, you know, growing up in Kansas, there was no hockey in Kansas. And I've <laughs> always thought, you know, like looking at the sport, it's a sport I think I would have been interested in, Sure, you know, just because it's a, you know, it's a physical, physical sport. And, yeah. You know, the whole thing, you know, it's, it's like kind of football on ice a little bit or, you know, to an, to an extent, just because the physicality and stuff like that, but we didn't have it. Right. You know, I, I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. I've known some guys, you know, who grew up, playing hockey it is an expensive sport to play i imagine i would have had even more like stitches in my lip you know if, if i had grown up playing hockey and probably lost some teeth so maybe you know from my mom's point of view yeah probably you know happy that i didn't you know play hockey you know wrestling and football and and yeah. uh, you know baseball you know baseball from a physicality standpoint well, you know, but you know <laughs> and even even around here sean i mean now there's a lot of hockey but when I was a kid around here, and maybe maybe I was just numb to all of it, but I don't remember like my friends playing hockey, you know, and things like that. I just don't remember 
that being the case. I remember my well, high school had a hockey team, but that was really it. It seems like, especially since they built the new the Compton, the Compton. Thank you. You know, since they built that, there's more access. You know, because they have the sure. side rinks and stuff like that. You know, they've got the ice box and stuff like that here in town. I'm not sure how long that's been around, but there's definitely a better infrastructure around here, even yeah. for like curling, for that matter. You know, I think I told you, I can't. We went up to uh, Northern Michigan this summer, and uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, they they built one of these, you know, a micro brew and pizza and stuff like that, and it is a, it's it's in an old schoolhouse that was converted into this um, brewery, but they also have a uh, a curling rink, you know, curling you know sheets of ice and stuff like that in there a curling club meets in, in place so that's kind i of, would you know you don't see that around here see you know? that's a sport that you and i could take up oh yeah i mean curling I'm, i'd be into i'm down i'm down i get you know i get revved up around the olympics every time when it comes to curling and then i lose interest for like three years and then i get revved up again when the olympics come, you know what i mean so yeah i'd be down man if you want to start a curling team i'm down Shannon throwing some shade at us. Does Seriously. Notre Dame sweep Penn State this weekend in hockey and break the top 10? LOL. Sure. Why not? Sure. Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll yeah. go with it. Go Irish. A couple little uh, sort of business keeping issues to get to. First and foremost, the big news of the day is the commitment of Brandon Hillman from Virginia earlier today. Now, again, you know, like Vince and I don't get deep into recruiting, but I know Brian and Ryan pretty excited about this guy. And yeah. he's a guy who played a lot of quarterback in high school, but played on both sides of the ball as well. And what Brian has said is Rover and wide receiver, I think, seem to be like the two yeah. potential positions he could end up at. It's it's one of those just a great athlete, really explosive. Wait till he gets here and figure out what you want him to do. Yeah, it sounds like he I mean, he was obviously a dual threat type of quarterback. Um, and I was I was actually listening to Brian and Ryan talk about uh, Hillman when he made the commitment. And, and and Brian said that he could be a college quarterback if like, uh, for example, uh, what was the guy's name? Who was the coach at Michigan that went to Arizona? He was at West Virginia. Help me out. Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, he could be a quarterback like in that sort of a system and be really good. It just teams aren't running that sort of a system anymore, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it, no the way college football has kind of been is skewing as far as offensively, he's just going to be better off playing another position. But the kid, I mean, the kid is you're very you're, he's an athlete, right? He, mm -hmm. He's he's not going to come in under a specific position. And from what it sounded like from the guys, he is somebody that is being fought over. Um, you know, within the staff, it's like the defensive guys want him, the offensive guys want him. That's a great place to be because he's going to make some room at Notre Dame better as soon as he walks on campus. Yeah. Tommy said curling's a bunch of dads who got drunk one day and needed something to do on the weekends while their wives took the kids for the weekend. And it's like, especially if you're in the All northern, right. you know, if you're in Wisconsin and Minnesota and in those kind of places, northern Michigan, like, what the heck else are you going to do? You know, yeah. so yeah, I've got. He said, it sounds like the perfect week. Yeah, so. Let's go. Right there. Right there. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We had a question, I believe it was on Monday, about if we were going to be able to get to watch any bowl practices. And as we assumed, when uh, we got the media schedule today, the pre-Gator Bowl media schedule, there's going to be a Marcus Freeman press conference Saturday. Uh, there won't I'll just say this. There won't be any practice availability <laughs> while the team is still in town, just like right. we thought. So Saturday, we're going to get a Marcus Freeman press conference. Sunday, we'll get the uh, coordinators once again, just like we have throughout the season. Tommy Reese, Al Golden, Brian Mason. Then a week from Saturday, we'll get some defensive players. The next day, December the 18th, some offensive players. Wednesday the 21st, signing day, the early signing period begins Marcus Freeman at one o'clock that day. And then that does it December 21st for the in town before they head to Florida portion. And once they get to Florida, there are going to be, you know, a few opportunities uh, Monday, the 26th at a, at a high school down there in Jacksonville, you'll basically get uh, the, the individual periods are going to be open yeah. to the media. And so to me, it's very obvious that that is the Gator Bulls doing because yeah. not once have we ever gotten FSA and individual periods. Like it's not that's not how Notre Dame does it. So right. that tells me that the Gator Bowl is like, hey, these are going to be open. FYI. And just like we said, it's it's up to the bowl once they right. get there. You know what they decide. But that'll be the only day. But that'll be the only practice. Mm -hmm. uh, the FSA and individual periods on the twenty sixth, and then uh, coordinators again. And then the head coach, again, pregame press conference the day before the bowl game with Marcus Freeman. So that's what it looks like once they get down there to Jacksonville in, in the next couple of weeks. But we'll get to talk to Marcus Freeman Saturday. That'll be a busy day for me. I'll call a game at noon, get done around 2 o'clock, hopefully kind of crank out a little bit of a recap of the there game, and then go. walk across the sidewalk and into the football stadium <laughs> and cover the press conference. Hey, at least it's all right there. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Perfect. It works. That's right. All right, should we get to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. There's actually some pretty good conversation going on over here at the moment. <laughs> some jaded Notre Dame fans and let's see. You know, all kinds of good stuff. Were there any that you wanted to start with in particular? Oh, I mean, there's one that we're gonna have to really think about. Somebody asked, well, uh, 
I mean, my, brain, I don't know. my brain's frozen right now. Yeah, I don't know how how deep you want to get into this, but uh, Rocket Rebound says how many freshmen and Ooh. sophomores are going to start in 2023, and I I will say this as a caveat: these guys aren't even on campus yet. Yeah, and I don't know that we can project that these guys are all going to start. And then you get in even further: are we talking redshirt freshmen? Are we talking redshirt sophomores? And we also still I mean, don't know who they're going to bring in the transfer portal. That's that's the biggest yeah, part of absolutely. it. And that's what I said the other day when we were talking about it is you have to – like when whoever leaves and decides they're entering the transfer portal, and it's been still a relatively small number to this point. That doesn't mean it's not right. going to grow. still expect it to grow, but it's still been a pretty small number. But once that happens, then you've got to – you know. and, and the, the other important thing before I even get into that is – you don't have to be down to the 85-man limit until the first game next year. So you can right. carry well above in the spring. You know, like you can carry more guys than you're going to have on your roster. And, that you know, then guys can make decisions after the spring. But, so you know, so you can carry much more. But what's the transfer portal going to look like? Who are you bringing in and at what position? Right. And, and then it still goes back to as talented as these freshmen are, they're still freshmen. And this staff showed – that yeah, there's you know there's some talent, but they just they didn't rush these guys out on the field just because they had some talent. They still had right. you know, a standard that they were trying to hold them to and benchmarks that they wanted them to hit and practice to earn their way on the field. So yeah. I think it's way too early to 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 try to make that prediction because we don't know what the roster is going to look like yet. There and there's just and and he kind of follows it up with this question, and so we'll kind of touch on this at the same time. Is how many transfers? Are the staff expected to bring in the offseason and at what positions? That's kind of remains to be seen. I mean, we could go through and we could project what we think might be the case. Like, I think they're going to bring in a defensive lineman. If Justin Adamalola goes to the NFL, I think they'll bring in two defensive linemen mm -hmm. at that point. I don't think they're going to bring in any linebackers. I don't think they're going to bring any secondary in because I think they're pretty deep at secondary, right. to be honest. And you flip over to the other side of the ball, quarterback. That's quarterback one. and wide receiver. Wide receiver, that's two. So you're going to bring at least one of each, right? Maybe two wide receivers, depending on how things go. But I would say yeah. one is a definite. I think, I think it's like four scholarship wide receivers that they've got as of right now for next and year. And you've got a big class coming in. I think you got five coming in mm -hmm. at the moment. That puts you at nine. And then you bring in a transfer that puts it at 10. And I think 10 is kind of that magic number at wide receiver that you kind of want to be at. 10 scholarship wide receivers, right. that is. So in my head, I'm thinking like four total, like transfers overall. Uh, but, you know, they're not going to bring in a running back. They're not going to bring in any offensive linemen, I wouldn't think. You know, they're not going to bring any tight ends. So you're only looking at a few position groups. Now, with all that said, if there's defections that the staff isn't prepared for, right, then they will go to the portal to augment and fill some of those holes. So, you know, there's going to be a wave of kids now going to the portal. There's going to be a wave of kids after the bowl game going to the portal. And there's going to be a wave of kids after spring practice going to the portal. Yeah. You have to expect all three waves. And then the staff is going to adjust and they're going to fill the holes. So it, yep. it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride in the offseason, I think, really for the foreseeable future at every team or everybody that covers a team. To see, I mean, just because of the transfer portal and defections and all that. Everyone, you know, yeah. like we, you know, we talked about the transfer portal mania 
on yesterday's show, and that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, a thousand guys went into the portal on day one, and I don't even know what the number is up to right now. I think I saw something like 60 quarterbacks, you know, in it. It's crazy. Right away. You know, and we know who the big names are, but there are a lot of other guys as well. Yeah. So just what you said, quarterback, wide receiver, two biggest priorities on uh, on the offense, really the only priorities on the offense, but then defensive line defensively, especially as you pointed out, whatever Justin Adamalola decides whether he's right. coming back. And that's a big one too. I mean, that's, that's a and big I think one. That, to me, to me, I think it is a slam. It should be a slam dunk for him that he Come comes back. back because he's, you know, he's, he's an undersized guy and he was still Robin to, you know, to Isaiah Foskey's Batman mm-hmm. basically is the number two guy this year with a chance to bump up the depth chart, potentially be number one next year at that Viper defensive end position and really make a name for himself because you can be, you can be undersized as an edge rusher, you know, you know, they're in the NFL. I'm saying as long as you can, you know, get off that line quick enough and and you've got the moves and the speed to get in there, you, you can be a little bit undersized, you know, but he's got, he's got some things that he can prove next year and and turn himself into a draft pick because I I think at best he's a late, late round guy right now and and you know probably even in that free agent mode you know that that kind of thing sure so i think there's right. a like i said big chance for him to come back and improve his stock tommy guns how do each of you see the tight end position being used next year that it mayor has officially declared for the draft and we didn't even mention that off the top that michael <laughs> mayor has declared for the draft today in case you missed it on social media he made his announcement obviously not one guy can replace him so how do you see roles being divvied up? Well, you're right. You can't replace Michael Mayer, uh, but you're going to have to replace him in the aggregate, right? And whether that's, you know, we're talking about this specific bowl game. I think we're talking more along the lines of the future, right? And what this offense looks like next year. Um, but look, I think uh, Mitchell Evans is probably your starter. I don't think he's as dynamic, obviously catching the ball as Michael Mayer was, but the two freshmen that got you know some spotty playing time here and there mm-hmm. they are dynamic catching the football and i think between the three of them i think you can you can you, and then you throw in the wide receivers as well and so if we're talking about just receptions and yards you're going to have to spread it out a little bit it's not all going to go to the tight end group that's for yeah. sure you're going to be more 11 personnel that you know when you want to throw the ball than they have been in the past because you weren't yeah. going to take michael mayer off the field period right you're, you know i think whoever your quarterback is is going to learn to have to use the field a little bit more rather right. than lock in on yeah. one guy you know absolutely just because he's an all you know he was an all-american and he did all-american things but as we've seen that worked against the entirety of the offense i think this season because the quarterback got locked in on one guy too much so i think it potentially opens things up but i really like raritan you know before his injury yeah. We saw That's it true. early with the blocking and just the size that he has and, and the length. You know, he can fill out a little more. None of these guys. No, I mean, if one of them turns into Michael Mayer, awesome. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think you know. He did just. He leaves Notre Dame as the all-time tight end. The basically. all-time everything as a yes. tight end. Yeah. Receptions, yardage, and, and touchdowns. And this is tight so, end you. And yeah. so that's not that. That's saying something. Saying right? a lot. Yes, saying a, a lot. So there's a lot of history at the tight end position, and he shattered all of the records. So yes. 
you're not going to be able to replace him from an individual standpoint. you got to replace him in the aggregate, and they can do that. But I also think it'll make them a better offense, as you were kind of alluding to, because whoever the quarterback is, they're going to have to spread the ball out more, and that's going to make you better than just having a stud that you force the ball into. And you're still going to have an excellent offensive line. You're still going to have an excellent running game to go with it. So there's, there's a ton of upside and potential for this offense. Again, when you're not so, you know, myopic, I guess, looking at one guy predominantly. Right, right. So uh, Johnny wants to know if Mayer could stick around and help coach up the other tight ends. I mean, are we referring to the bowl game or are we referring to like next year? I mean, obviously he's I mean, going I, to the NFL. I assume he's talking about the bowl game. Okay. Made up. You know, it's like, I assume, because it's yeah. not like anyone's going to expect him to stick around, you know, for the spring semester and, and be coaching the tight ends during spring ball right. and that kind of thing, right. I wouldn't think. No, and I don't think he's going to stick around for the bowl game either, because here's the thing. We have to remember this, and I don't know if he's changed his tune and maybe this is a question that you can ask him on Saturday, Sean, but last year when Kyle Hamilton and Kyron Williams declared for the draft and they opted out of the bowl game, what I was going to say, Marcus Freeman said, Hey guys, I think that's the right decision for you. That's awesome. But you are no longer a part of the team. You are now right. an alum. Time and to move on. If you want to come to the game, you can come as an alum, you know, that sort of a thing. And we will always love you around here, but you're a distraction. Now you don't need to be at practice and you don't need to be there. If he continues that, you know, line of thinking, Michael Mayer is not going to be welcome. That's not maybe that's not the right way to put it. He's not going to be at practice, right? That that's he's just not. I wouldn't so, think so. I wouldn't right. think just just based on what you said right there. Unless Michael or Michael Marcus Freeman has has kind of done a one eighty on his thinking there. Just right. Just what you said. Karen Williams, Cal Hamilton, they were not, they and they were, were team guys all along. I mean, they were team yeah. guys till the end, and. Right. It they, wasn't a negative. It's no, just like, just like, hey, okay, you made your decision. You made your decision. We've got to move on with the yeah. team that we've got now. That kind of thing. And and also, and I just want to throw this out there, and it's not necessarily Michael Mayer specific, but just because you're a really good player doesn't mean you're a coach. <laughs> doesn't mean that you're good at coaching up kids. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that a million times. Like, you know, just because you're a really good player does not mean that you can disseminate that information to another player because it came to you so naturally. Sometimes it's very frustrating as a coach to try to get that information passed on to others. So right. I'm not saying that for him specifically, but just because he's really good doesn't mean he knows how to coach kids up either. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Heisman talk. Who do you guys like for Heisman? We were talking before we started. I saw this question yeah. come in. So you've got Max Duggan from TCU. You've got Caleb Williams from USC. You've got Stetson Bennett from Georgia and C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. To me, and I think you agree with this, Caleb Caleb Williams is the hands-down winner to me. Runaway. I think the bigger question is who's going to be two, who's going to be three. I think Stetson Bennett finishes fourth myself. I agree with that, too. I I think it's, you know, like career achievement award, you know, good player on a great team Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's kind of a resume thing for him you know what i mean he's a national champion he's what 25 years old uh he's been around for a really long time this is this is almost like a you're a stat accumulator hall of famer you know that kind of a thing and i I almost feel like this is just a you know 
thanks for everything you've done. You've been really good for Georgia. You get yeah. to go hang out in New York for a couple days. Like I, I just don't think that he's a legitimate contender for the Heisman Trophy. What I honestly think happened, Sean, is I think Caleb Williams was literally the runaway winner. And the uh, the reason that because they don't always invite four, right? The reason they invited yeah, four, the three were so close that they had to invite. They four. were so close, but so far behind. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like it was just right. a cluster. He was up here, and the other three were here, oh, and they wait. were so because that's how right. you end up with four. Is right. if it's close enough, you get four. That's that's a good point. That's a great point. Yeah, I think so, so as well. Yeah, and and you know who's two, who's three? I think that's a debate. To be honest with you, I think I do too. I think you could. I, me, how I would vote it, I think I would put Duggan in second, and I would put Stroud third. Uh, Feel exactly the same. I think Duggan, especially when you look at where TCU came from a year ago, and just look at his numbers, look what the team did, and then you look at C.J. Stroud, who had NFL talent all around him. Everywhere. I think, I think everyone thought Stroud was going to have a better year than what he did. Mm-hmm. I know I did. And, you know, He still had a really good year, but I would put – I would, yeah, I would – do exactly what you did. I would go Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud, yep. Stetson Bennett. That's because what my that's how my ballot would ha- look like yeah. if I had a ballot. I yeah, and I that. and I tell you what, I anybody that I, I highly doubt anybody in here is a big TCU fan, but and I'm not a and there's obviously not a lot of Ohio State fans, but I bet you could name two to three wide receivers at Ohio State, and I would challenge people to name one at TCU. That's exactly. You know right. what I mean. And I, mean, I watched I watched a good chunk of that game last week, and <laughs> basically Duggan is the only name I can remember right now. And that's so, me too. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm considering myself as part of that group. Like I, he is that team to me, right? And and he was that team on that final drive, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he deserves to be number two, but it's going to be a distant second. Yes. Sparks, yes, they canceled the Lafayette, the Notre Dame women's basketball game at Lafayette. That's basically why, why here. I'm here right now. Yeah. I should be, what time is it? I should be in the air right now on a flight to uh, to Pennsylvania for the game tomorrow. But because but because they uh, postponed it, and it was a, uh, the health and safety protocols is what they called it. It was on Lafayette's end. They are apparently looking to try to reschedule. I'm not sure how hopeful we should be with that, especially, you know, because because we're sitting here at the point of the season now. We're coming up on the holidays. You're going to have finals here coming up, you know, so you have to, you know, it wipes that out, and then you're going to get into conference play. So I, I think the question is, you know, like when Notre Dame has a conference by, do they want to stick a Lafayette game in there and travel to Lafayette, and does Lafayette have an opening in their conference right. schedule as well? So it's kind of tough. So uh, yeah, would look would, would look forward to meeting you, Spark. We'll see. I'm sure, even if they don't play this year, I'm sure they'll work it on the schedule next year because there is a uh, a Notre Dame connection out there at Lafayette. That's how it came uh, a- along to begin with, you know. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see if it happens. But uh, they play at home against Merrimack on Saturday. Not not quite as high profile as uh, UConn. But it's a home game. Here we go. Continuing with the girls or the women's. Yeah. John, I believe Miles and Citron are two of the best women's sophomores in the nation. What say you? Now, I don't know the list of sophomores off the top of my head right now. But, uh, you know, AZ Fudd is in there. She was injured during the game the other day. I mean, I'll just say that I have the 
privilege of being able to watch these two game in and game out. And there's no doubt in my mind, they're not just two of the better sophomores in the nation. They're two of the best players in the nation, period. And they're a big part of why the women's basketball program was and Neil and Ivy were able to beat UConn on Saturday because of, and it's not just those two, obviously, but I mean, you, you see what Olivia Miles does game in and game out. And I've said it so before. Citron is just like, she's like a little bit, a little bit like Steve Vistoria. You remember him? They used to call him like the baby faced assassin. And that's kind of, she's like the silent assassin, man. She doesn't say a lot. Her, the expression on her face never changes but she's always around the basketball. She's sticking her nose in there, diving for loose balls. Yeah. She's she she's a guard at six foot one, which you know for a women's women's guard, six one is pretty good size. But she's leading the team in rebounds, around eight rebounds per game as a guard. And you know, and again, you see what Olivia Miles does, just the way she distributes and drives and everything else. So yeah, they're not just two of the better sophomores in the nation; they're two of the best players in the nation. Period. Vince concurs. I do. I, I, I have nothing to add because I I did my uh, Olivia Miles uh, fan gushing. On That's the last true. Show, so I, I, she's just amazing to watch. The, some of the passes that she hits. I mean, she threw one from one side of the court all the way to the other in the corner. It was like, oh, and it was an absolute bullet. I mean that that's not easy to do. Number one, and then the way she just goes to the rim is just right. Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> she's right. too good. Shamrocker says, has Mayor said he's opting out of the bowl game or is he not able to play because he said he's going to the draft? Just to clarify that, I guess. I don't believe, and I'm going to look it up right here, but I don't believe that he has announced it himself. I believe uh, Pete Thamel is the one that announced that he was going to – oh, never mind. Well, he, I was going to say, he tweeted it okay. a, a few yep. hours ago. I see it. Yep, it was he four hours ago. He basically tweeted out you know, his official – goodbye and while it doesn't say specifically i'm not playing in the gator right. bowl he's basically said his goodbye and thank yous right. and all that kind of stuff and that's to, to you know he doesn't need to specifically say it he's entering into the nfl draft you know that that's he said he's ready to start his next chapter so right yeah he's not gonna play in the game and that and that it's expected it's expected i know we're gonna talk about it a little bit later but it's it's expected so yeah yeah, we'll save some more Michael Mayer talk for rapid fire. Right. We'll uh we'll we'll include some more in there. So if you have more Michael Mayer questions, you can get them in. And I know there's at least one other, but we'll save those for rapid fire so we can get some other stuff in here in uh in this early part. We talked about this one last night, so I'll let you kind of chime in okay. a little bit. Matt says, haven't listened to you guys for a while being busy, but if not, have you discussed what Coach Sanders, Deion Sanders, is telling most of the current Colorado players to think about packing those bags for the portal. What do you, what did you think about that? Well, here's what I'll say. I think number one, I think it got blown out of proportion just a little bit. He wasn't telling the entire team to join the portal. If he did that, he wouldn't have a team next year. Okay. So he's not doing that, but he's saying, look, what has happened here? Get with the program, right? What has happened here the last 20 years isn't okay. It's not good enough. So, raise your game or hit the portal. Like you decide it's up to you. You know, we'll coach you up. We'll, we'll get you there, but I'm all, I'm bringing in transfers. I'm doing all the, you know, I'm, I'm, it's Louie. I'm bringing my baggage. It's Louie, you know, that whole thing, uh-huh. which, okay. That's a great soundbite. You know, that's awesome. I believe he introduced his son as the starting quarterback. 
If I'm a quarterback on the team, I'm probably a little PO'd about that. Well, I, I did think that that was like that was a, a little, little much. But, but I do also think he said something about competing for the job and, and stuff like that. You know, so again, it's like he's Dion. He's going to come out and make right. progress. Because he also joked that he's got another son on the on the team who's a safety. He said, I left him behind because, <laughs> <laughs> but again, he was joking, you know, so. Yeah, so, you know. It, it, it is what it is, and I don't really have an issue with it. He's telling the guys that what, what's happened there isn't good enough, and you got to raise your game. Okay? Like, that's what he should be saying as a new coach. You know, those aren't his guys, and let's see who wants to do it. They wouldn't have been 1-11 if, you know, right. if they were going to get a new head coach and everyone was going to come in and be safe. You know, on the one side, I think I said this, as a player, you're kind of hoping, you know, it's like, oh, we got Deion Sanders. He's going to come in and you know, all this stuff. And you're kind of hoping he's going to say things to reassure you, you know, like we're going to do this, this and this. And we're going to take this program and we're going to be better. But, you know, and, and he kind of said that, but he also right. at the same time said what we're talking about. It's like part of that part of getting to where we need to be is some of you guys ain't going to be here. Anymore. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do the things that I want you to do, and you're you know you're not going to compete, you're not going to have the right attitude because that was part of his message as well, having the right attitude and work ethic and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to have it. You might as well hit the portal because I'm bringing the portal guys in. Right. I think, you know, again, is he just going to anoint guys starters when he brings them in through the portal? Probably not. But he's telling them well, we'll you're going to compete. He anointed for his jobs, son, at the very least. Yeah. Well, yeah. He definitely anointed his son, and uh, I can't remember who the kid is, but he did have the number one recruit in the country. Was it yeah, last year? The guy that he took from from Jackson State, and and I haven't, or not not from Jackson State, from Florida State, obviously yeah. to Jackson State. Right. So, what, what do you think about the fact that he's sticking around and he's coaching Jackson State? I think it's the Celebration Bowl. It's like a you know two HBCU schools, or what? What do you think about the fact that he's sticking around to do that? Because a lot of people. When these coach like this time of year, like Jeff Brom, for example, is leaving Purdue, he's going to head down to Louisville, and obviously Brian Kelly last I year didn't realize it doesn't, that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it just happened. Okay, but most coaches accept the new job; they're on to the new school. They're not sticking yeah. around to coach at their old school. I would say a lot of times it's the old school that doesn't want them there. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, if you're leaving, you know, sayonara. But I would also say that Jackson State is going to ride this baby till it bucks them because they have made a lot of money on the back of Coach Prime. Mm -hmm. And that will continue as long as he is wearing a Jackson State shirt. You know what I mean? Jay on his hat. Yeah, yeah right. I, I, I would ride that one. I think this is a unique circumstance, if I'm being honest with you, because Jackson State really benefited from having Prime there. And they knew he was going to leave at some point if he was successful. Obviously, he's decided to leave. If I'm if I'm if I'm Colorado, I have no problem with it because he's going to continue to get press because it's going to be you know a situation where he's going to get all the love during that mm -hmm. game. And number two, if I'm Jackson State, I want him around because I'm going to make more money if he's there. So I think this is unique in that situation. Uh, but I think all parties are on board, and I don't have a problem with it. I mean, all great points, and he's he's obviously he's recruiting. You know, he's made yeah. he's he's got offers out there he's trying to flip guys and, and everything else and i mean th this guy can recruit you know like you said he, he got the kid from from florida state last year to go to jackson state and i think it is a little bit awkward when you're sticking around like that you know especially like there were some hurt feelings down there in jackson state 
But from the school's point of view, I think you're exactly right. It's a it's one last chance for them to really make some money off it. So yeah. why wouldn't they like it? But it, you know, again, like from the player coach perspective, I would think maybe it could be a little bit awkward. You just don't see it that often. Yeah, right. So, but at least he's honoring that that part of the obligation. Because again, I, yeah. I, there's some hurt feelings. There's always hurt feelings when this kind of stuff happens. Absolutely. And somebody's yeah, somebody's gonna come out of this being mad. I mean, that, that's just a guarantee. And there's good ways to handle it, but there's still going to be people mad. Yeah. Jeff, given the top Notre Dame portal quarterbacks will probably want a decent up from NIL deal, and Indy is not going to guarantee them the starting job, how likely are they to get one? And if not, is a cone type worth taking? First of all, why are we assuming that everybody's looking for a bag of money? Why, why do we assume that, well, number one? Because, I guess because it seems to be <laughs> the trend. I mean, know, Notre Dame has the number two recruiting class in the country, and they're not handing out bags of money. No. So, I mean, there's but, obviously kids out there that aren't looking for that. But remember a couple of weeks ago, Braden Lindsay was asked about, you know, if what, what was the exact question that was that, you know, like if it had been a frustrating year for him and stuff like that. And he's like, why would I, you know, I'm playing at Notre Dame. It hasn't been frustrating I, you know I'm, I'm playing at Notre Dame and what did he say something to the effect of the NIL is is wonderful here right and he, he mentioned that you know I so mean, just because we're not talking exactly. about it doesn't mean it's not there and Notre Dame will never just hand out a blank check that's not right. how they do it but they can outline how you can make money using NIL okay and there's guys at Notre Dame making good money right? people need to understand that good money Okay, so that's part of the deal, I guess. But again, Notre Dame is not going to be handing out blank checks. It's not going to happen. So I don't think that that's an issue in this particular regard. I don't I don't think that's an issue. You know, the second part of it is a cone type worth taking. I mean, let's not forget. Okay, Jack Cone was not the most mobile guy in the world. The guy went 11 and one as a starting quarterback. And does anybody think figured out the offense? Before the one, yeah, they probably would have been in the playoff with him last year. And what what record do we think Notre Dame would have had if Jack Cone was a starter for twelve games this past year? Eleven and one at worst. At worst, ten and two. I think Ab- absolute worst. And I think the reality is more like eleven and one. Right. Right. And so, yes, a Jack Cone type is worth taking. Okay. Yes, is the answer to that question. Yeah, the experience is what they're looking for. Right. They didn't have the experience this year. You obviously, because you're losing Drew Pine and he's not going to stick around to compete for a job in the spring, you, you know, you have, what, two games of starting experience and a right. handful of plays from last year that Tyler Buckner has. Experience is what they're looking and, for. And and again, you drop a, a guy with sizable experience – onto this team next year with just with what they've got coming back right now, not to mention what else they're, they're trying to add in the transfer portal. And now, now the schedule, not your next year is not going to be cupcake, but again, I I think I would start off at 10 and two and and work from there. Well, and, and I, I want to address the part about guaranteeing them a starting job. I'm sorry, but unless my quarterback room literally blows up, I'm not going to guarantee anybody a starting position at, any position, let alone quarterback at the University of Notre Dame. And if you don't want to compete for a job, 
I don't want you on my team. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me old school, but. And again, that's why JT Daniels wasn't here last year Correct. to begin with, because that was a you know it was a conversation they had with him when he was in the portal. But he wanted to be Garrett, and I, I think that the fact that Daniels is going to be on to his fourth school kind of shows Seriously. where his mentality is, and that's not the kind of mentality that you want around. If if, if you're not if you don't want to take anyone who's not willing to come in and compete to earn Correct. their job. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, as a coach, I want guys competing. At everything, who's going to be first in line at dinner? You know, who's going to be, who's going to have the best reps at practice? You know, whatever. I want you to compete. I don't want some guy walking in as being the starter. No, that's that is not how I want to run my team. If I had one. On the subject, we've got a super chat from Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Drake made a ND hashtag. <laughs> Drake made a ND. I know, I know, it can't happen, but I can dream. Right. Yeah. You 100% can dream. There's nothing Did you see that Longo that. is leaving North Carolina to go to Wisconsin? Though? Honestly, I think that's that might be one of the bigger shakeups in the coaching community that I've seen up to this mm-hmm. point, if I'm being honest, because what is North Carolina? They are the offense, and they, yeah. they've been the offense because Longo is there, and now he's leaving to go to Wisconsin. And you want to talk about a scheme shift there? Um, I... I'm very interested to see the direction that North Carolina goes well, at this point. And I'm interested to see if if Drake May does, you know, make this official. Is that his destination? Is he following Longo to Wisconsin? You know, like that kind of thing. It'd be- yeah, I would be shocked if he left. He's kind of a, you know, what what is it called? Uh, a legacy at North Carolina. You know what I mean? His brother played basketball and the whole thing. But uh, I I would be shocked if he left. If he does leave, though, and I'm Notre Dame, I'm going hard. Oh, for sure. There's no I, doubt about there's it. There's a lot of schools that are going to go there's hard after him. Though. no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, the question about Stetson Bennett, why is he a Heisman finalist not dumping on the guy? Just think he's average surrounded by mostly monsters. Yep, that's it. I mean, again, it's I think I it's don't disagree with that. Yeah. I, but again, I think he's a distant fourth at this point, And I think there's a distant two, three, four. You know, who else are you going to bring? I mean, at that point, you know, who else is getting voted for? We know that this is pretty much a quarterback award at this point, you know, and you figure you're 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 going to be picking from the best teams in the country, right? You know what? His stats aren't terrible. His stats are pretty decent. You know, he's he he's not going to be flashy, but his stats aren't bad. And so, and all he does is win. Okay. You know. I mean, Ian Book. Right. I, I mean, I mean, you he know, got Heisman like, votes. Describe that. He got that Heisman was, votes. Yeah, he did. He got yeah. Heisman votes, which is ridiculous. Same situation, except the only difference is Stetson Bennett has a national championship. But right. if you remember, what was it? Ian Book had Heisman votes and he had 16 touchdowns. Like, right. It was, the numbers were terrible. Right. But he was getting Heisman votes. Because You're looking at a guy, just what you said. He won a national championship last year. They haven't lost since the SEC championship game, I believe it was, last year. And he's still the starting quarterback. So career achievement award is right. what it comes down to for him. Like Drake May probably should be there instead of him, but he's not. And or, look, you know, Forum, Michigan, you know, that, that's, you know. Right. Everybody in the chat that's saying that they're, you know, if they bring in Drake May, that there shouldn't even be a quarterback competition. He should be named the starter. I still want him to compete for the job. 
It doesn't yeah. have to be a long competition. It could be over in a week, but I still want a competition. And that's just like sorry, just like Jack Cohn and Drew Pine last year. The competition lasted less than a week. But at least for the first week of training camp, you say this is a competition. And I you don't know, want a guy spring. walking in and just being like, I'm the starter. Like, yes. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't care. You can't who you just are. hand anything to anybody. Even if you're even if it's just a formality, you you're telling them they're competing for the job. Right. And guess and what? You make them go out and and prove it. Yes. And I hate to break it to everybody, but the spring and the fall of this past year, it was a formality as to who was going to be the starting quarterback. Right. Okay. And that could be the case if you bring in somebody like Drake May. Maybe it's a formality. You still want him to compete, period. Sorry, I'm getting a little heated about this. I need to slow down. It's okay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How excited are you to see Buckner and the young guys hit the field in the bowl game? I, I think I'm more excited to see Buckner behind a good offensive line uh, or a, a experienced laced offensive line. I think that's what I'm more excited about. If I'm if I'm being honest, because I think that our, our boy was our boy. I shouldn't say that, but I think Tyler Buckner was put in a bad position. Um, you know, in that particular situation, he was put behind a, a bad offensive line, a running back room that hadn't proved itself and a bunch of inexperienced wide receivers. And they basically put it on his shoulder and said, go win games for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I, very excited to see what he learned sitting in the box with, uh, with, with Tommy Reese over the past 10 weeks and what he looks like behind a good offensive line and a really good running game and wide receivers who've elevated their game. Yeah, let's go. It's going to be fun. Me too. You know, I – Really talented guy, and I realize we didn't get to see it in those first two games of the season. But offensive line is a heck of a lot better, and it's still a guy who missed out on two seasons of high school football. And you know, mm-hmm. so there's still a learning curve for him for in sure in terms of being out there on the field. And so I'm at the very least excited, just what you said, to see him behind a much improved offensive line than the wooden that he got to play behind a much improved running game. And he can add another layer to that running game as well. Now I, you know, you don't want to see Tyler Buckner have to go out there and run the ball 15 times, no. or, you know, 10 plus times or, or whatever, but he can be a running threat as well. And there's a lot that he can add to that offense. So that's what I'm mostly right. excited to see. Now, that being said, you know, we still don't, you know, like Tobias Merriweather, finally cleared concussion protocol and and he's been out there practicing the last few days you know no contact and stuff like that it sounds like but at least able to do his thing and you know that's a guy that 
that I hope with some more time to sit and prepare that maybe we get to see more of him in the bowl game as well, well and maybe get to yeah. see a little bit of the future. Matched wow. up with Look, we saw a glimpse of the future when they were running the um, the 12 personnel and they had Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey on the field at the same time. Like mm-hmm. that, when Michael Mayer was there, that formation got me very excited, okay? Having just a bunch of tall dudes out there, you know, and I would love to see an 11 personnel, Colsey, Merriweather, and Thomas. Like, let's go. Like, I think you could do – there's a lot of catch radius there when you're, you're talking you're, about those three guys. You're giving me the chills, just like <laughs> saying 21 and <laughs> <laughs> running backs and – but I mean, that's something to think about. How are they going to change their, they're, they're probably going to have to tweak. This goes back to the tight end question early on. They will have to tweak to some extent, yeah. you know, what their personnel packages are going to look like because Michael Mayer virtually never came off the field all season. You know, there were very few times when he came off oh, the field. Yeah. Wasn't very and, often. you know, so for that reason, so, you know, you, you kind of start with, with that tight end. I think that they're with, with without him, being in the bowl, there are going to be more reasons, you know, to 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 go. Hey, maybe you know we're more twenty-one or even the thirty-one, like they did a few times, and and you know, and then back to eleven, like you're talking about. But you know, so I think maybe I'm most excited to see that, you know, like how creative Tommy Reese really does get. We're probably yeah. going to see. We're, we're probably going to be something, you know, like going to come with a completely different look. Like yeah. he did in the Fiesta Bowl right. last year. And then we're never going to see that offense. I again. know. I got like again. Awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so Shannon wants to know how the transfer portal lessens the importance of recruiting to a degree. I think it depends on the school that you're talking about. If you're talking about USC. Yeah. I think it lessens your recruiting. If you're talking about a place like Notre Dame, then no, I don't think it does because. Notre Dame still can't go out or won't go out or however you want to phrase it and get the underclassmen transfers. They're just not going to. So you need to have a firm foundation and that comes from recruiting high school kids. And that is their strategy. And it's very obvious that that's their strategy. That's why they upped the recruiting class from 21, 22 to 27, 28, because they knew some guys were going to leave or they were going to ask them to leave. However you want to put it. And they are going to build from the bottom up. So, no, I don't think it lessens the importance of recruiting at a place like Notre Dame, a place like Michigan, you know, places like that, that it is very difficult to get in as an undergrad. I was just talking to a Michigan guy earlier this week, and he sounded like a Notre Dame guy. He's like, yeah, I mean, they're not admissions at Michigan is not going to let in, you know, underclassmen guys because they're not just going to give away a Michigan degree. That's the same yeah. thing for Notre Dame, and, and they're both well, and remember, high academic institutions. And I don't even know what the answer to this is right now, but when, when Brandon Joseph got here, he talked about the fact he didn't know where his degree was going to be coming from, Northwestern or Notre Dame. That was still one of the things that had to be resolved because he was an undergrad. But uh, but I also think that like when you're looking at the opportunity to get undergrad-type guys, and I think Marcus Freeman might have been asked this kind of right after that point is like the Northwesterns, the Dukes, Stanford, Vanderbilt, the other private schools, you know, Wake Forest, even, you know, those kind of schools, it's probably going to be easier for you to get an undergrad from those places 
into Notre Dame because you've got, you know, in, in some cases, even higher academic requirements and standards, but, you know, at the very least similar academic standards and requirements to get them in. But, you know, I don't think it changes what, what you're talking about, the degree. I, I, I think it's just, you know, it's, are, are we here to win football games? And that's something yeah. that has to be reconciled above Marcus Freeman, but Marcus Freeman also has to ha have a hand, you know, in that discussion and trying to say, Hey, look, we're, we're, we're this and this away from being a really good team. If we can get this guy and this guy, these fill some immediate needs for us. And I still think it's going to be more about that. It's, it's, it's much more about the needs that you can fill yeah. from the football team, but also, again, the willingness of the school to work with you a little bit. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's going to be a little bit of leeway in Notre Dame, a little bit. I think it's going to get less stringent, but not by a whole lot. Right. I think, so they'll have the opportunity to bring in one, maybe two guys, uh, a, a cycle, maybe that's an underclassman, but it's still going to be very, very difficult. And if you're a fan of Notre Dame and you're a fan of what Notre Dame stands for, then you should want it that way. In my opinion, Notre Dame is different. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you want it to be different. I'm okay with that personally. I, I really am. And you can still go to the transfer portal and plug some holes with graduate transfers and be just fine as long as you were re recruiting at a high level. So all the fans out there that want Notre Dame to relax their, their standards and all that, then maybe you're not a fan of Notre Dame for the right reasons. Report from 24-7 Sports that Notre Dame is expected to have up to 14 second period portal transfers. What's the second period thing mean? Yeah, that's, I don't, I'm not really, it's not a term that I've heard, second period. Are, right. are you talking about second semester? Like bringing in 14 guys for the second semester? Or? I So here's what I think. I think what this means is, and I, I think 247 is. Leaving is, before the second. I think semester. they're saying leaving. And I think that's absolutely possible. I think you're going to see yeah, a wave We talked about guys. this Monday. Yeah. Like, but. The lower end of the depth chart that there are potentially going to be a lot of those kind of guys. Yeah, I, I there's <laughs> going to be a good amount of guys leaving after the bowl game. Like, you, I don't think you're going to see too many more before the bowl game, but after the bowl game, you're going to see a flood of guys leaving. You just will. Derek, get get to your counseling session or your grandma's <laughs> 99th birthday party or something. You're late. Uh, you're late for something. Yeah. That's all I know. There's going to be two waves. There's going to be two more waves of defections. It's going to be at the end of the bowl season, and then mm -hmm. it's going to be the end of spring. So, Derek also said he heard Scott Bakula's character in Unnecessary Roughness was based on Bennett Four or Bennett the Fourth. <laughs> That's great. It's a great movie, by the way. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of that movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. Good gotta one. Get, it was on <clears throat> one of those streaming services, and it came across. I was like, yes. And I've watched it. Bacula, Sinbad, was, yeah. Michael Irvin was in that. Kathy Ireland, the kicker, back uh, in her heyday. The one, uh, gosh, the one, the one kid who was, uh, oh, man, he's on like the talk or the view or something these days. Uh, why can I not think of his name? Um, it's not, was it Stand Mario by me? Lopez? Or? No, 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 I know Mario Lopez. He was in Stand By Me, right? The one of the, it was all those. Oh, oh, Jerry, uh, Jerry O'Connor. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. he's, he's in there. That's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for that, by the way. No problem. As soon as you said Stand By Me, I remembered that he was in there. There we yeah. go. One connected to the other. <laughs>
All right, now we got our first really hard-hitting question of the night from Notre Dame 2164. How much longer do we ride with Maris before we cut our losses and go with the younger guys? Well, I'll tell you what, and if I'm coaching this team, I'm give, I'm making a hard, especially if Justin Adamalola doesn't come back, I'm giving a nice hard long look at Maris at Viper because I think that might suit his skill set a little bit more. I'm not getting rid of him. I'm not, we're not, I'm not going to cut my losses, right? You can have a rotation, number one. See if somebody beats him out. Somebody beats him out to make him more plays, then so be it. But I'm going to give him a nice, hard, long look at Viper. I mean, he's better just pinning his ears back and going. So, right. I mean, that would, that would make sense yep. over there at Viper. And he's, you know, like his, his size is good enough. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, you know, to, to do, Something like that. There's there's going to be more competition yeah. at, at linebacker yep. next year. Yep. And I like all the young guys, to be honest with you. I like a lot of those young guys, and I think they're going to push for playing time. <laughs> a lot so. of people do. That's why people keep I get asking it. these questions about oh, I get it. Bertrand I get and, and Leofow. So I've been thinking about this question. Random question. Whom would you consider the best quarterback to play at Notre Dame that never got to show his talent because of the offensive philosophy? Ooh. Because of the offensive philosophy. Like, I go back to Carlisle Holiday as an example. He was the quarterback, remember, before Brady Quinn. Mm -hmm. And he was more an athlete. But when Tyrone Willingham and uh, what's his name, Diedrich, came in and they were running that West Coast offense, that was just, it was square peg round hole for Carlisle Holiday. And, I, I mean, he ended up, I remember he got drafted by a Major League Baseball team. He ended up. I think with the Arizona Cardinals, really, for a year or two, you know, again, just as an athlete. Yeah. And so he, he's one who comes to mind just completely wrong system for Carlisle holiday, you know, to, to try to thrive in a West coast offense, you know, timing and, you know, all that different stuff. It just wasn't meant for Carlisle holiday. I think in a different kind of offense, he could have been somebody different. That's the best one I could think of. Can you think of anyone, you know, more, I mean, well, I hate to say it because it's probably gonna upset some people, but I will say like a, a Ron Paulus type of quarterback. I mean, he was literally playing in a triple option, and I don't yeah. know that that really fit who he could have been. Okay, uh, if we're just talking about offensive philosophy, I like yours though a lot. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's that's about it for me. You know, if you talk about you know quarterback, like even Brandon Wimbush, like if if the yeah. if the if that offense had been, you know, again now you've got to be able to hit some layups still, no matter what kind of absolutely <laughs> system you're in, and that was his biggest issue is you know just like short little passes out yeah. to the flat just I, weren't there. But I mean, great athlete, and I thought that right. we were going to see much more from Brandon Wimbush than what we ended up seeing from him at Notre Dame, and it, and it wasn't because of of offensive philosophy, but it was because of injury. I, I still think Malik Zaire could have been really special at Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. I really do. Very true too. I think he got Absolutely. the raw end, not only of the injury, that's not, that's obviously nobody's fault. Okay. But the, the following competition, uh, quarterback competition, he got absolutely screwed yeah. in my opinion. Hendricks is another guy, you know, I kind of, mm half thought of but you know it's not like he went on he went to a, a lower level and it's not like he went on and you know did great yeah. things after he and left he here, so. i wouldn't say it was because of the system i mean he never even really elevated himself as to even a starter you know at notre dame so i don't know yeah 
And Michael says Bill Dietrich may have been the worst assistant coach ever at Notre Dame. Yes, worse than oh. even BVG, worse than Tenuta, worse uh, than Dell. And you're I just know. lucky you didn't have to try to talk to him, Michael. Said- that was <laughs> 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 nothing was ever that guy's fault. Yeah. Nothing was ever that guy's fault. Um let me see where we are right now. I think we've kind of run the course tommy asked about sports documentaries there's one called go tigers from the early 2000s i think 2000 exactly could be a buy of the year okay i'll have to see if i can is it on netflix or one of the streaming services i have to see if we can find it someplace go tigers go tigers go tigers well vince if we have no Further questions. Brendan Clark is another one that I see talking about the quarterbacks. Brendan Clark was just not accurate. So if you're not an accurate quarterback, you're going to struggle to be successful in any system. Kevin said, did we see the long interview with Deshaun Kaiser? Talked about the Malik situation. I did not. And this is the first I had heard of that. Is this the one where he outed Aaron Rodgers for, you know, like 9-11 and all that kind of stuff? What? um, You didn't hear about that? No. He did some interview, I think it was with a podcast or something, and, and he said the first time that he went over to Aaron Rodgers' house, you know, he walked in and Rodgers was like, hey, you know, first thing that he asked him was if he believed in 9-11. And Kaiser was like, there. yeah. He said, and he said, Rodgers said, hey, you might want to do some research on that. So, wow. Yeah. Well, mm. <laughs> Same podcast, Kevin says. I have not. I'll have to see if I can look that up. Interesting. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com